So today, uh, today we're continuing our journey through the Lord's Prayer and we're going to be studying that first petition. Um, Hallowed be your name. But before we really jump in to, to looking at that, I want to remind us briefly of, of what we spoke on last week. Uh, when we looked at that opening address, when we looked at those words, Our Father in Heaven. See, firstly, the Lord's Prayer, it's a model prayer. for uh, it, it, It's what Jesus gave us. He said, when you pray, pray in this way. It's not something that we simply learn the words off and, and, and come to recite. Uh, it's not something that we just gather together to pray. But it's a way of praying, a model by which all of our prayers should follow. And secondly, it, it's our duty to come to God in prayer. Jesus didn't say, um, if you pray, pray this way. He said, when you pray, pray in this way. That model that he's given us, it comes with an expectation that as disciples, we live a life of prayer. And then thirdly, um, we, we've been given an enormous privilege, haven't we? That we get to call God Father. We are part of his family. We are blessed through Christ to be part of that family, to call on the Almighty as Father. And so as we move on, as we, as we continue uh, to go into all, looking at all these different petitions, of the Lord's Prayer, the, the six or seven, depending on how you look at them. You see, the first three all concentrate on God. And then the second set, they concentrate on our needs. And as we look at this first petition of this first set, it's worth noting that some would argue these are not really prayer. I mean, I can, I can understand where they're coming from in, in, in some in, in some to some degree um, I because you see praying for God to be glorified for his will to be done for his kingdom to come the question is what are we actually doing when we pray those words in the Lord's Prayer when we follow this model and we pray into these petitions because it does look on the surface a little bit like it could be asking for something for God as opposed to from God And we never ask for things for God because he doesn't need us to. He doesn't want us to ask for things for him in that way because he doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anything that he can't in and of himself give himself. So like I said, this perception, I can see how it might be thought of as not being prayer. But that's not what's going on here. That's not what it is. That's not what's happening. See, God, like I said, he doesn't need anything from us. He doesn't need anything that isn't in and of himself. And so when we pray for something, and we're thinking we're praying for something for God, we're missing the point. So what these opening petitions are, if they're not that, well, actually they are coming to God, and actually we're praying for ourselves to receive from God. We're asking him, we're desiring, we're, we're laying out our need, even though that need pertains to God. So, hallowed be your name, the first of these three positions that are about God, we're crying out that our heart, our mind, our soul and our body express that God's name is hallowed. 
That's what we're doing. We're really, we're praying for ourselves when we pray your name be hallowed. So let's dig into that a little bit. The first thing we need to get here is that God matters the most above all other things. There's nothing else that compares. And we pray our Father in heaven, we acknowledge him as God, right? We acknowledge him and then we come and we say, hallowed be your name. And hallowed, that's to say over and above everything else that possibly could. The word hallowed literally, it, it, well, it's a complex word. You think that maybe it's glorify or, or honor, and yes, it is those things, but the depth of it. To hallow is to recognize something as holy. And that's why glory is due his name. That's why honor is due his name, because he epitomizes glory. We mentioned a bit last week how we can see his glory in other things, in his creation. But we don't get to see his face. We don't get to really see his glory. So to petition God that his name is hallowed is to position that God himself is hallowed because his name is holy because he is holy he is the one the only true god perfect matchless nothing compares to him his power is infinite there's nothing that he cannot do he is word and truth he's full of love compassion grace and mercy but also judgment and wrath and his kingship, his majesty, his dominion, his sovereignty, it's without equivocation. He is the king of the cosmos. His name, it's higher than any other name because he is higher than any other. And I'm reminded of words from, from the hymn, all glory, Lord and honor to thee, redeemer king, to whom the lips of children made sweet, Hosanna's ring. Thou art the King of Israel, thou David's royal son, who in the Lord's name comest, the King, the Blessed One. All glory, Lord, and honour. But for us to really pray this part of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name, to echo these words from our lips, to, 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 to even think these words, we have got to know God. For we cannot hallow that which we do not know. We can only know of God that which he has revealed to us. I mean, that's, that's simple. We, we, we can't know more of God than he lets us. And the vastness of God, we, we can't fathom it. So he only reveals part of himself to us, that which we can manage to handle, that which we can comprehend. But we are to be seekers of all that he is revealing. Getting to know him as deep and as wide and as high as we possibly can. And so how should we seek after God? How do we get to know him better? How do we really dig into this relationship? Well, we have to look to his word. We have to look to scripture. For we know of God nothing that has not been revealed there. The name by which God is best known is probably uh, Yahweh or, or Jehovah as a translation of that. And, and, 
And if you read in your Bible, you'll see that translated as the Lord, where Lord is in capital letters. And there are many different additions to that name, which help us to understand some of God's character. I'm just going to go through a couple of them now for you. Genesis 22:14, get Yahweh Jireh or Jehovah Jireh, and that is God is provider. In Judges 6:24, Yahweh Shalom, God is peace. And that's just to name a few. We've got plenty of other names for God, other titles which God has been given, which speak to who he is and what he has done for us. Okay, going into Genesis again. Genesis 18, 24, we know he is judge. Genesis 49, 24, as the mighty one. Exodus 5, 3, he's a warrior. Into the Psalm, Psalm 18, 2, as a rock. Psalm 95, 3, as king. Isaiah 1, 4, as the holy one. Isaiah 40, 11, as a shepherd. And Isaiah 44, 24, as a redeemer. Again, just to pick out a few. And I don't want to go into each of these names today. Because I haven't got time. Unless you want to sit here all day. But just think of the vastness of God. Just think about what these words tell us of God, his character. How we get to know him as a shepherd, as a king, as a rock, as a redeemer, and so forth. I will say to those of you who didn't journey through the Advent devotions of the names of Jesus, if you want to know more, they're still there online. Go and listen to them. Wouldn't hurt to spend a bit of time with those and understand a bit more of who God is in the person of Jesus and all of those names, which remember the Godhead, what is true of Jesus is true of the Father. And what is true of Jesus and the Father is true of the Spirit. many many more names even than those that we touched on through that series of the names of Jesus so when we pray hallowed be your name we're not making some fanciful wish that we want to come to be we're not ex expressing this this dream that we have we're coming and we're expressing a heartfelt desire we're expressing a need that is deep within us to be hallowing the name of God, to be hallowing God himself. So knowing God as Father, as we are taught to in this prayer, and we looked at that last week, it's very, very important. But that doesn't mean that we cannot come to God and pray to God as our shepherd or, or as our redeemer, because God wants us to know him in his fullness, in all that he has revealed to us, somehow we don't seem to feel the importance we place it down the pecking order in our lives coming to know God we think we maybe know him enough we'll never know God enough he always more to God than we know an English theologian by the name of of J. John. He wrote a very good book on living the Lord's Prayer in the 21st century. It's called God's Priorities. And he says this in it. He says that we need to deepen our awareness of both God's holiness and of Jesus's forgiveness. Because if we emphasize the holiness alone, we're going to find God too terrifying 
to approach. And if we emphasize the forgiveness alone, then the danger is that we're going to take God for granted. To praise God, to honor him, that is to hallow his name. But praise isn't just singing some songs or some hymns as we, as we gather together or driving our car. Praying through the liturgy at church or, or listening to a message. Yeah, they, they can be part of it. But we need to be craving to honour God. To hallow his name at all times, in all places and above all else. Not just for that hour on a Sunday. Or any other time we choose to gather at church. There are another 167 hours in the week that isn't that hour on Sunday. When we're at work and we choose to not act in a way that is contrary to the law, then we hallow God's name. When we're out at a restaurant and we, we treat those who are serving us with respect and with dignity, then we hallow the name of God. When we come to him in true repentance, when we kneel before the Son, calling him Lord, then God's name is hallowed. See, hallowing God is an every minute of everyday activity for a disciple of Christ. Not just in our words, but in our thoughts and in our actions as well. And as we acknowledge and we surrender to his awesome holiness. And on that, I want to take just a moment um, as we're going to look at Romans 8 and start reading from verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. The Spirit helps to lead us into our prayers. And as we pray and we follow this model of the Lord's Prayer, which Jesus has given us, we can expect that this will be even more the case. As things work out, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. And as we come in our prayers, our hearts need to be aligned with God. Our hearts need to be praying in line with God's will. And we know because Scripture tells us, 1 John 4, 19, we love because God first loved us. And as the Spirit leads us in our prayers, our prayers need to be full of love. We were reminded last week that we worship in spirit and in truth. And so as we let the Spirit guide us, as we connect our hearts with that of the Father, in the power of the Spirit, we have got to be on board with the truth. The Spirit is never separated from the truth. There's only one truth, and that truth is Jesus Christ. He said it himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Word made flesh. And so to know him, to know the Father, to be united with them in the Spirit, we have got to connect with the written Word. And then as the psalmist wrote, 
We need to treat it as a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Now, as children of the Father, as children of God, we don't want to be children that dishonour his name, do we? But sadly today, as we look at the church across the world, in different places, different pockets, we can see evidence of this happening. And we see evidence of it happening more and more. But if we live in fear, as though God is not in control, or at least we begin to entertain this uncertainty, then we dishonour him and we do not hallow his name. My shirt today reads, Faith over fear. If we choose to not receive the word of God as infallible, that is without error, and live our lives according to it, then we're dishonouring God. Where we choose to read into scripture that which is what we want to see, to align it with a cultural change, as opposed to standing up for that which it is, believing and knowing biblical truth, following it and being orthodox, then we dishonour God. And in places where these things are happening, in our own lives, where we see ourselves slipping, then we actually lose we lose the right to pray this. We lose the right to pray the Lord's Prayer. And why do I say that? Because we can only pray this petition and mean it when we're looking at the whole of life from the point of view that God is holy and that his word is true and that it all needs to be together in one package. Now, if that sounds like not good news, then please hear it as I mean it to come across. It's coming to you in love. It's coming to you that I want you to hear it and combine it with the fact that hallowing God's name, as I mentioned just moments ago, is an act, not just a word. We need to act it out in our lives. We need to come in true repentance every single time we fall. See, you've got to... We have got to, as a church, be praying and praising God in his entirety. Yes, for the goodness of creation. Yes, for the world as we live in it. For the beauty, for the design, for the greatness of all things that he has done. And this, of course, includes his redemptive work through Christ. A work which continues to this day. Okay, it's the mission that he has given us to be part of, to reconcile the world to himself. And that's not, that's not a lovey-dovey thing. It's not that we're to concentrate on solely the forgiveness that Christ extends, but we need to concentrate on God's holiness too. Remember, that's the subject of that quote from J. John. See, we're agents of the kingdom. We're called to challenge all to walk in the ways of Scripture and the giving of permission to our brothers and sisters to do likewise with us where we need correction, where we need admonishment. 
See, in praying these words that we pray, we pray, we pray for the church to persevere. We pray for the church to remain on earth now until the day of Christ's return. We're praying for the church to extend. We're praying for it to live into all that Jesus expects it to be. To take the good news of the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we're praying, we're praying that we receive God's grace. His grace in order to be carriers of truth. See, many people think of grace as just uh, a forgiving of sins. It's not everything that we do, we need God's grace in. Everything he calls us to, he apportions grace to us so that we may do it. And by goodness, we need his grace in order to be carriers of his truth. As we look for the kingdom to spread further, and further for breakthrough into this world, into this corrupt culture in which we find ourselves. As a church, we need God's grace to guard against heresy, to stand up for orthodoxy, to proclaim gospel, but not at the extent of law. Praying, hallowed be your name, it means petitioning God to know him more, to better be acquainted, to obtain true wisdom, to receive true knowledge. In all of this, it means not holding on to doctrine where doctrine is not supported by scripture, because then it becomes dogma, not doctrine. It means allowing everything that we do to be passed through a funnel of scripture, to be tested against what we know God has called us to as a church, and that too, as a mission, as a vision, has to be weighed against God's word. See, to pray God's name be hallowed and to not have this attitude is to be hypocritical. And can you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6 just before teaching his disciples to pray in this way? Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. Let us not be hypocrites, praying to be seen by others, praying words again many times, louder and louder, let us instead be praying as the Spirit leads us in the truth that has been given us by the Word of God. And let us glorify God in all the things that we do. Not simply picking the things that we choose to give Him glory for and leaving the rest out. For this is not what it is to hallow His name. This is not what it is to hallow God, to honour 
and praise him. We need to honour and praise him in all things. And so we pray that we go and that we glorify God in all that we do, in all that we say and in all that we show. And that the Spirit leads us to walk in the light. That the Word of God be that light for our path, be that lamp for our feet. So let us believe. Let us profess and let us show the world that God is holy and that his name is to be hallowed.